You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. So if you want to go in your Bibles to, to that passage in, uh, in Joshua, um, thanks, Mon. So good. It's good. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to hang out there for like the next 20 minutes and we're literally going to finish a little bit early and that will be a miracle because Darren never finishes early. It's good. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It is. Uh, you get to have a bit more time, at least five minutes more time with your dad today. All good. <laughs> oh, all right then. Yeah. Oh, license. I like that. Yeah. That's good. Um, so uh, Father's Day, right. This is, uh, this is not just going to be like your, your happy, clappy Father's Day um, encouragement. I really want to challenge the dads out here today. I really want to, um, I really feel like God wants to place before you this verse um, and challenge you with what you're going to decide to do. Um, I feel like uh, I kind of get a sense that we're, we're in, we're in a, a space in society where Christians are going to have to keep taking a stand on truth and life and grace. Um, you know, Jesus came, John 1.14, Jesus came filled with grace and truth. And um, it's kind of a bit easy for Christians to to water down the truth and to just operate in pleasantries. But there's coming, I, I, really, I really want to challenge the dads and the men today. Um, and don't hear me saying at all today that, uh, that women and mothers don't lead because I really believe that they do. I fully believe that women are, are leaders in their home and that they can be, and are leaders in society as well, right? Um, and in the church, I'm not going down the, the women in leadership path. We'll be here for a very long time, all right? But I do believe that God empowers women and men in leadership. But today, I want to talk to the men. I want to talk to men um, because I think that there's uh, some decisions. Men and fathers have got to make decisions um, about themselves and about their family. And to, to put a disclaimer on this, 99.9% of decisions of big life stuff that, that I make, I make in complete tandem with my wife. So we make decisions together. Um, I don't come in there and dominate the, the conversation or make a decision and she has to toe the line. We make decisions together because we're a team, because God put us together and we are one. We're not two separate entities. We are, we, we are one. Um, all right. So let's just, let's just put that out there. And if you want my theology on that, you can ask me about that later. I will more than happily share that with you. All right. Um, so uh, I've got two points today. The first one is that fatherhood is a powerful gift. All right. It, let's face it, it's, um, uh, Callan, it's pretty easy to become a dad, right? It's, uh, you know, you've, uh, it's, it's pretty easy, it's pretty fun, it's, uh, and then, you know, we don't, the guys really generally don't have to deal with 
a lot of stuff that comes after that, okay? We don't have to deal with pregnancy complications. We don't have to deal with carrying the child. Uh, we don't have to deal with a post-pregnancy body, all right? We don't have to deal, we just kind of, you know, enjoy the journey. And then when the baby turns up, it's like a huge punch in the face for a while. And then we kind of move on, right? Once the baby's born. But every father, every father doesn't just get a baby. Every father also gets a legacy, whether they like it or not. Whether you like it or not, if you're a dad or you're going to become a dad, you're going to have a legacy and you get to choose and get to have a say as to what that legacy is going to look like, right? Uh, so whether, whether the dad likes it or not, there's a human being now in his world, whether he's distant or close, right? Whether he's abusive or an overbearing or whether he is kind and loving and empowering and involved, that, that father is going to leave an indelible mark on that child. There's going to be a permanent mark no matter what happens. If he leaves the, the, the family and goes and does something else, he's still leaving a permanent mark on that child, right? You don't just get a baby, you get a legacy every time. It's non-negotiable, all right? But here's the thing. I believe that legacy is far more powerful and far more positive when it happens by desire, by determination and by decision, not just kind of by chance or by luck or just kind of letting life kind of drift and we're just going to hope that it turns out and we hope kind of that, you know, my kids turn out all right and, you know, we hope that it's going to be okay. Tom's giving me the thumbs up and he's turning out pretty well so far. So far, so far, so good, mate. Yeah, hope you heard all that. Good. You know, um, I'm going to challenge you dads today. I haven't even got started yet, right? I'm, 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 I'm just getting started, right? Because, because I was thinking about this. This is far, far greater than just leaving your, leaving your kids some money when you die. All right? Now, I believe in that. The Bible talks about that. All right? But it's, it's far more than, you know, oh, we had some nice memories with dad at Christmas time. You know, we had some good, oh, some good stories. I want to leave my kids more than that. I want to leave them more than just wealth or fame or power. I want to leave them more than just principles, right? I mean, ultimately, I don't just want to leave my kids a bunch of values to live by. That's great. That's awesome. But what about, what about pursuing Christ? What, what, what about building the house? What about advancing the kingdom? What about helping the poor? You know, what about empowering others? What about, what about healing the sick, right? What about things that Jesus himself talked about? What, what about the fruit of the kingdom? What about the fruit of the spirit? What about kindness to someone who hates you? You know what I'm saying? It's, it, it's bigger than just a few good values, right? We, 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 we read this verse, Joshua 24, 15. Joshua said, but as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord, right? I love this. Uh, there's a quote from Mary Oliver's poem called The Summer Day. And she says, she says, tell me what it is you plan to do with your one wild and precious life. What, what do you want to do with this life that you've been given? What do you want to do with this child, this gift 
Okay, the Bible says that children are a gift from God, right? Whether you think they are right now or not, they are a gift to you. So what is it that you want to do with this amazing gift that God has given you? Because there's responsibility in that, but there's also so much potential in there as well. Because I don't just want to leave my kids a bunch of money or just a relation, or even just a, a great relationship or even just great memories or values or principle. The legacy I want my kids to get is a, is a heart that wants to serve God with everything that they have, you know? A heart that wants to love Him, that wants to pursue Him. Am I doing a really good job at setting that legacy right now? Some days. <laughs> Sometimes some hours are better than others. I want them to pursue more than just religion. You know, I want them to pursue Him, right? I want them to feel like they, they don't just have to live up to uh, like some kind of moral standard. Like there's a standard of morality that they have to live up to or a, or a standard of living that they have to achieve, you know? This is, I want them to have a standard of their heart, a standard of heart that is, that is kingdom and God and others. Do you know what I'm saying? Right? So I think it's good for us to be able to articulate the direction that we want. You know, this is, well, this is where we're going to go, right? Yep, yep. This is where I'm going to go. This is where we're going to go. And not just to kind of go with the flow of the world. Because one thing you realize is that the flow of the world is not the same direction as the flow of the Holy Spirit. All right? The world and the Spirit are not going in the same direction. Right? And it's, it is, it's good to be able to articulate even to write down and just go, this is what we're about, babe. This is what we're about. And we say that to our kids all the time. They go, why do you have to do that? And we go, because this is what we do. And this is what we do because this is who we are. Because this is who God is and this is what he did. And because of what he did, this tells me who I am. And now I just want to serve God for my whole life. Because God is really good. And he set me up as his child. And he set me free. And he set me on a course. And I'm just not going to abuse salvation and do whatever I want. I'm actually going to follow after him. And, and establish the kingdom. And build the church. And love people who are unlovable. You know what I'm saying? Like it's... You know, and the kids kind of go, but you got to explain it. I love what you said, Julius, you know, explaining it to your child. It's not just like, no, we don't look at those kind of movies in here. And, and, and that's a set rule, but we have no foundation. The kids have no why behind it. That was so good what you said, mate. Like, we've got to explain to our kids, well, this is why we don't want that. Because it's one step from that to pornography, to this, to that. And all of a sudden, you're, you're, in, a, you're in a pit. All of a sudden, you can't escape. You're, you're locked away. You're, your heart, your mind, your eyes, you're locked away, right? So it's good to explain the why, you know? Well, this is why, you know? Sometimes those whinging, those, sometimes a whinge is an opportunity for, for a why. There you go. Write that down. That's, a, that's tweetable right there. 
I don't say many things that are tweetable, but you can say, yeah, that one, right. It's true. So fatherhood is this powerful gift that we've been given, right? To leave a legacy in the world. And the legacy is non-negotiable. But that doesn't mean that you can't make decisions. It doesn't mean you can't put some framing around that legacy. It doesn't mean you can't describe and, and have a legacy that you are desiring for your children. And I just gotta tell you, it's not too late for you either. If your kids are grown up, that's all good. This is what we want. Pray, pray over them. So my, my second point is really so spiritual. It's uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, that's, that's about as spiritual as it is right here, right now. What are you going to do about it? Because it's, it's time. And some of you, for some of you, it's time for you to make a decision on this. So we're going to read a couple of verses out of uh, Joshua 24. But Joshua here is, is at the end of his life. He has been leading the people himself for 31 years, okay? About 31 years. And he's led them into the promised land. He's led them through many battles, through many trials. He was there in the journey at the start, you know, where, when the Israelites were, got released from Egypt. He was there in that journey. And then he took over after Moses died so that he could lead them into the promised land because Moses did some bad stuff and wasn't allowed into the promised land, right? So he's at the end of his life. And you find at the end of people's life, you look at John chapter 14, 15, and 16, Jesus is at the end of his life. He's about to be crucified. And those three chapters are so filled with gold because Jesus is, is explaining some stuff to his disciples. He's praying over them. He's talking to them. At the end of his life, stuff carries so much weight. So Joshua, in verse 1, it says, uh, And Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. And Shechem carries incredible biblical significance, if you look into it. Uh, this Shechem is like the place where God restores covenant with people. It's phenomenal. It's really good, right? And so Joshua is challenging them to make a decision on their future, you know, not just what to have for lunch, you know, not what gift to buy dad for Father's Day. This is a major decision. He's saying, okay, people, listen up. He says in verse 14, he says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But... If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of, of your ancestors, sorry, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Right? Now, I find it interesting that he's talking about a whole bunch of other gods here, other idols here. Uh, and he's referring to three different places where they've picked up these idols. He refers to uh, beyond the Euphrates River, in Egypt, and where they are right now, in the land that once belonged to the, to the Amorites, but God led them into the, the Amorite land, and they took, it, took over it and settled in their city, right? Okay, so just, just play with me for a second, okay, right? Um, so they've picked up some other gods along the way. They've picked up some gods in the land that they're already living in. 
They picked up some gods from Egypt, which was 71 years ago. 71 years ago, they plundered the Egyptians. The Egyptians gave them gold and silver, you know, and they carried with them, with them like idols, gods in their heart. Gods, little, little G gods, right? Little gods from Egypt. Now, what the thing that really blew me away is that he's also talking about uh, throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River. And in verse 2, he clarifies that to mean the gods that Abraham's father Nahor worshipped, which is, let me work it out. I already did the maths. I'm just not trying to sound clever. 766 years before that time, they're still carrying around the same gods in their heart. Okay, it might have been a bit longer than that. That was the time of Abraham's birth. All right? So from the birth of Abraham to now when Joshua is addressing all the tribes of Israel at Shechem, 766 years or thereabouts. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit stunned by this. I mean, even if you consider just the idols that they brought from Egypt, they're nomads. They were nomads for 40 years in the desert, right? You know, when you're in the desert, uh, you know, and you, you have to carry everything that you own, you only carry the stuff that's really important to you, right? Because you gotta take around, put it back on the camel, okay, get your pack on, let's go. We're going to the next spot. The, the pillar of fire has moved. We're all moving on to the next spot. Who knows where it's gonna be? We're, we better pick up all of our idols. We better, oh, well, yep, they're important. Let's take them on with us. I'm, I'm blown away that they, they were still carrying these idols around. They must have still had such an incredible place in their heart. When I was in the army, we would have to take all of our ration packs for the, year, for the week ahead or for the two weeks ahead. And we, they, would, they would all go in our pack and we would take out everything that we didn't like. Because I don't wanna be carrying around for two weeks stuff that I'm not gonna use. So I would be going through every ration pack. I would throw out the tiny little salt packets. Do you do that, Mark? Do you take the salt packets with you, right? I'm like, I don't need salt, that's stupid. You know, so I chuck out these tiny little salt packets because it's gonna mean that I'm gonna have less weight to carry around for the next two weeks, right? These people have been carrying around idols with them for 70 years. despite seeing all of these phenomenal miracles of God, right? You know, God does these 10 phenomenal things to set them free from Egypt and then he parts the waters of the Red Sea and they walk through and then he gives, gives them water out of a rock, water, enough water to feed 3 million people, comes out of a rock. That's awesome. And then they go to another place and there's, it's bitter water and they chuck a, a branch in there in the water. Oh, it's, it's awesome for, for, for consumption now. This is great. And then God gives them manna from heaven and quail in the desert and their, their clothes 
and their shoes don't, don't, don't run out and, they, and then they have victory and the walls of Jericho collapse because they walk around it and scream and shout. And they've seen so many miracles, but still there's, there's idols in their heart. How is that even possible? How is it that, that you and I can see the miraculous of God in front of us, in front of our eyes? We can see, we hear testimonies, we've got our own testimony, but still we can carry idols in our heart. God, God didn't have their whole hearts yet. Idols, idols that are entrenched in culture and entrenched in family and entrenched in our hearts, they're very difficult to shake. A guy called R. Ellsworth wrote a book called Opening Up Joshua. This is what he says. He says, idols have changed over the years. Most of us are not inclined to bow down before images carved from wood or stone, but that does not mean that idolatry is dead. All those things which compete with God for our allegiance and our service are idols and must be renounced. I didn't tell you, I told you it was going to be a challenging message. I'm not pulling my punches today. There are definitely times when we have to make a call. We have to make a decision, you know. Which way will you choose? Same guy said, um, half-hearted Christianity is an insult to God. <laughs> right. It is. Romans 12.1. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer your, sorry, Romans 12.2, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. In view of God's mercy, anything less than our lives lived wholly for God, where, which way are you going to go? And I think it's, it's, it, it goes beyond just the point of decision. It's got to kind of go into that place of determination now as well, you know? Yeah, you can make a call. I make decisions all the time and sometimes I go, I was dumb, <laughs> you know? My decision has to, be, has to move into that place of I'm determined now. I'm determined. I'm determined. I'm determined to make this work, Right? I love what Joshua said, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. He is determined. He is like, this is where we're going. My wife and I, we had a chat. This is what we decided. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's what, he's, that's what he says. Back to R. Ellsworth. He said, with the words, we will, Joshua showed he did not simply desire to see his family serve the Lord. He was determined to see it. And he was deliberately and decisively committing himself to do the things necessary to achieve that end. Determination, listen to this, shivers. Determination, not desire, is the key to spiritual achievement. So a decision is a solid start, but we've got to be determined. But that determination, if it doesn't come into action, desire doesn't make change. Desire doesn't set, the, set a path. Action does. Determination does. And I think that as fathers, we need to be determined not just to set a course, but to stay the course. Callan, can you come up and play for us, mate? 
you know. And I think as dads, hey, you know what? Um, dads, if you don't lead with your wife, she's going to lead without you. She's just going to lead. And she probably will lead by herself. We had some time where you, you were leading the family because I wasn't, I wasn't leading. I wasn't, I wasn't setting a good example. I wasn't leading us. You were leading the family. I, and I needed that, absolutely. But now we lead together. But dads, you, you, you gotta lead. You, you, don't, you don't lead solo unless you're a single dad. And if you're a single dad or a single mom here today, more power to you. But I believe there's a special grace on you to do that. I believe there's a special grace that comes upon you so that you can do the impossible, right? I think, guys, we need to we need to honestly review and reflect and work out: Is there anything that's standing in the way of me leading as the man that God's called me to be? Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.